It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Listen, the reason Mehmet keeps talking about President Trump's endorsement is because he can't run on his own positions and his own records. And what's true is that he has flip-flopped on every major issue we're talking about in this campaign. Mr. McCormick approached President Trump with these types of information, that was unable to pull the wool over his eyes. President Trump saw right through him. He therefore did not endorse Mr. McCormick. He endorsed me. All right, Sandy Rios with you on this Monday. We're jumping right in because tomorrow is a huge primary. North Carolina, Kentucky, Oregon, uh, Idaho. But we're going to talk about Pennsylvania this morning. And what you just heard was David McCormick first. He is the candidate that's really the establishment candidate. He's the candidate that uh, people like uh, Mike and Sarah Huckabee have thrown their hats behind. Mike Pompeo also. Um, Mitch McConnell. That David McCormick is the guy they want to win. He is a former Bridgewater CEO. He's self-funded. He's very wealthy. He's good on the uh, the financial issues, but certainly uh, not a mega candidate. And, but nevertheless, uh, he's he's in the top three position with uh, Mehmet Oz. Mehmet, of course, was uh, endorsed by President Trump. Mehmet is a uh, we know now he's pro-abortion. Uh, he is pro-gun control. He is pro-World Economic Forum. He voted in the last Turkish election because he's a dual citizen of Turkey. He's a Muslim candidate. I honestly, I just don't see how this could work. And yet, he's uh, actually, I think, leading, according to the real clear politics average. But the top three are just neck and neck. And the surprise candidate who came out of the debate three weeks ago, uh, just wooing and winning over the actual people of Pennsylvania, forget the top-down endorsements of Washington and also of the president, was Kathy Barnett. By now you've heard her name. Um, Sean Hannity's made his mission, actually, to to destroy Kathy. It's been interesting to watch this uh, because um, he's throwing everything he can at her. And so is, of course, the McConnell branch. McConnell would not want Kathy in there because Kathy would not be a supporter of McConnell. It's all about control. It's about money and control. And so this is a fascinating race. And all of us know that the if we are conservatives, we really need the uh, Senate to be taken over by conservatives. So this race is very important. Kathy Barnett joins us this morning from Pennsylvania. She's taking a lot of hits, um, and it's pretty exhausting. And so I'm happy that she's joining us this early in the morning. Thanks, Kathy, for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Kathy, let me just say for you. Uh, rather than us get bogged down in the controversies, there have been plenty of them, and I just want people to know they, uh, they've they ridiculed you because you said you were an adjunct professor at Judson University in Elgin, Illinois. The the When people actually vetted that, they came back and said Elgin. The people in Judson said that you were a, yes, you were an adjunct professor in high standing. They ridiculed your claim that you'd served in the military for 10 years, and it turns out that that is very true. You can prove that. 
Uh, you have worked in finance. You have, they talked about the fact that you didn't live in Pennsylvania, but you have, and you've proven it for nine years. And so on and on it goes. And that they're trying to sort of tear you apart, and you're getting it from both barrels, from the establishment and also then from the allies of President Trump, like Rick Grinnell. So what's that been like? You know, it's one thing to see it happening to other people. I think most Americans, you know, at this juncture of today's politics, we see people go out and try to destroy individuals. I mean, we just saw it with President Trump, right, from the moment he won until he left office. We've seen it with people like General Flynn. We see it with people like Mike Rendell. They just start attacking and they just start trying to cancel. It's something completely different to actually <laughs> to be walking in those particular shoes now. And you're looking like, who are they talking about? <laughs> who is this person they're talking about? Well, let me tell you, I am completely undeterred. I am leaning forward because we must. I have planted my stake in the ground and I will not move. Um, I have, by the grace of God, solely by the grace of God, and the people of Pennsylvania, I am now in very strong uh, competition <laughs> to win tomorrow. And that is all achieved. Uh, they have spent, my, my two primary opponents, the ones you've mentioned already, they have spent well over $60 million uh, in a very short amount of time. I spent less than $2 million over the course of 13 months. And I've been in a statistical tie for, well, for first place for well over four weeks. The media just was obsessing over the two guys and never paid me any attention um, until after the debate and that last poll. And they're like, oh, my goodness, who is she? But I've always been here. I've been running for 13 months, and I've been in a statistical tie for first place for over four weeks. So the media, as usual, derelict in their duty, uh, focusing on the narrative they want to sell the American people and not paying attention to what the people actually want. Well, Kathy, part of what they're doing, as you well know, is they're trying to paint you in such a, a, a corner as you are a right-wing extremist who is unelectable in the general race. That there's no way that uh, Mehmet Oz, President Trump thinks Mehmet Oz can win. By the way, he has kind things to say about you. President Trump does. He just doesn't think you can win in the general and, of course, the establishment, you know, they're freaking out because I – let me ask you this. I actually don't know the answer to this. Where are you on Mitch McConnell and his leadership in the Senate? I would – I mean, you know, the question is generally posed, will you vote for him to be leader? And my, and my response has always been no. I think it's time to move forward. I think it's well, time to turn the page. Yes. Yeah, so, the, see, that makes you public enemy number, you know, one or two. There's there's a few others who share your opinion. I would share that opinion too. But uh, that's why you must be destroyed. So they're doing a they're trying. And my, I need to say also, Club for Growth, highly respected organization. I know them very well. Is behind you, Kathy. Uh, and so yeah. it's a very interesting. This is a very interesting race. All right. So yeah, if you Susan, had, if B. You, Anthony, Susan B. Anthony List oh, has endorsed right. me along with uh, several others. Yeah. That, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Um, you're, uh, if you win, you would be going up against John Fetterman, who is the lieutenant governor, governor of Pennsylvania. Now, most of us are not from Pennsylvania, so we, don't, we wouldn't know that he's very progressive. That I do know. He's the favored candidate, uh, and he will probably likely win the Democratic nomination. How would you win the general? What do you think your advantages and disadvantages would be in a general race if you won the nomination? 
Yeah. Um, you know, people often ask me, are you afraid to run against uh, John Fetterman? And I'm generally like, well, as long as I'm not running while black, I should be okay. Most people here in Pennsylvania, I don't know if most people know it or not, uh, because the media has, you know, kind of uh, hushed it to a great extent. But you have a lieutenant governor who is probably going to win the nod for for the Democrat Senate candidate uh, who chased a black man down uh, who was just out jogging because he heard what he thought were gunshots, shots gunshots and held the black man there with a gun. Now, only a Democrat can get away with something like that. A Republican, a conservative Republican chasing a black man down who just so happened to be out for a morning job with a shotgun could never get away with that, right? But, you know, um, but again, how do I intend to win is continuing to do what I've done that has gotten me into this place right now. And that is keeping the main thing, the main thing. Uh, and the main thing has always been Pennsylvanians. Who are they? What do they want? We've, we've been traveling over 1,500 miles every single week, uh, going door to door, hosting events, getting in front of the people. We've had seven debates. Mamet Oz and Dave McCormick only showed up for two of them. We've had a number of forums. I can only recall them showing up to two of them. I've been there for all of them, getting in front of the people, uh, making our case. I believe the Republican Party has the better values. I believe the Republican Party has the better have the better story. I just think we keep picking people who suck at telling our story. And so what I've been doing for the past 13 months is going out there, beating the pavement and competing for the heart and mind of Pennsylvanians, sharing our story and doing so effectively. So I'm not going to now shift gears and do something completely different. I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing, and that is focus, focusing on the people. I think the greatest disservice that that won't just impact my race, but it impacts our nation, and that is, you know, a media outlet that has been given such prominence in the First Amendment be so derelict in their duty to mm-hmm. keep the American people informed. You know, I think uh, I would say it a little differently. I would say that other candidates try to sound conservative. And by that, I don't mean just social issues. I mean on everything. They try to sound, they try to t- wrap it on, put it on, paint it on, but they don't have the passion, Kathy. And that's what's happening in D.C. too. You know, candidates, they're all pro-life and conservative when they're running. And I'm talking about Republicans right now. Uh, but when they get there, they have no passion and they don't stick to it. And I think you are actually proving your mettle by you're not budging. You're not budging on the issues. I want to ask you about issues that you're not generally asked about, at least not from my perspective, and I'm not there in Pennsylvania. Uh, people know we by, by now that you are you were the product of a rape and that your mother chose to keep you. You are really great on the social issues. You have a passion, and for that, I am eternally grateful. You believe in marriage between one man and one woman. So those things are, I need to state that so people will understand that. But where are you, for instance, on energy production? Pennsylvania is a big energy uh, state, and we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. So what are, what are your thoughts about what should be happening here? Yeah, listen, I believe energy is freedom. Not just national sovereignty freedom, but personal freedom. Look at how we're living today. Just ask Ukraine, ask Germany. Uh, because, you know, more than 50% of Germany's energy source comes from Putin. Uh, more than 46% of Italy's energy source comes from Putin. 
Moldova and some of those other Balkan states, 100% of their energy source comes from Putin. And how has that impacted them? Well, now they are incapable of making decisions that will benefit their region. Uh, so, you know, you have a lot of people saying, let's just pounce on Putin, but it's almost like a dog chasing its tail because of what, because they cannot, uh, they cannot break themselves apart from what they have gotten themselves into by crippling their own energy capabilities. So I believe one of the paths to making America great again is by making America energy independent again. But in order to do that, Democrats who are currently holding the reins must admit that everything they've ever said to the American people has been a complete and utter failure and begin to pivot immediately. But instead of doing that, they're doubling down on their foolishness and they're on their hands and knees begging Venezuela, begging Iran, begging Saudi Arabia to give us the energy source that we can produce today. So I will be a huge advocate of uh, of making sure that we have the proper uh, policies and legislation and people who will stand up and put a spotlight on what is happening and how it's crippling our nation. All right, second question. This is a tough one, too, and you don't have much time to answer. You know, the Senate is now considering, I think it's a $40 billion package to Ukraine, no, more money to Ukraine. Uh, Senator McConnell and a, and a group, group of uh, the, the establishment leadership were over there meeting with uh, Zelensky. Rand Paul has put a, he's stopping this. He says this, we're not, we've given enough money and we are actually in huge trouble and other senators are joining him. Don't know how big the coalition is, but my question, if you were serving in the Senate right now, would you vote for that $40 billion package to go to Ukraine? Quickly, if you can. I, I, no, I would not. Okay, well, that was quick. <laughs> there is the music. Kathy, uh, it's barnettforsenate.com if you want to know more information. As you hear a lot of criticism of her and some of the things we actually did not go into because she gets to ask about that all the time. And I wanted to know where she actually stands on the issues. Barnettforsenate.com. Uh, also, you can find her at Kathy for Truth, the, the number for Kathy for Truth. And the primary is tomorrow in Pennsylvania. All of those uh, those of you in Pennsylvania, you know, need to go out and vote. This is so important. And the second thing is you can help people. Uh, there are ways to help. You can help financially from other states. And so I'm just telling you, if you are moved by Kathy's message and you want to help her, you can. Kathy Barnett, God bless you. And keep your family. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us this early morning. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. When this mom ended a bad relationship, she found out she was pregnant. After the father told her to get an abortion, Julia was confused and didn't know what to do or who to talk to. I just knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Julia was referred to a preborn center where she was counseled and supported with the strength she needed to choose life. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Because of them, he's here. We're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. Preborn centers provide hope, love, free ultrasounds, and the gospel in action to moms like Julia. To find out more about the ministry of Preborn, visit them online at preborn.com Again, that's preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Your love can save a life. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses. 
watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MetaShare has a new option called MetaShare 65+. Plus. MetaShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MetaShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings, very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting Go Visit to the number 49596. Again, that's Go Visit to the number 49596. There are two genders, male and female, both made in the image of God, and there are 70 or 80 others made in the image of social media. The latest make believe identity is something called cake gender. It's all the rage on TikTok. A person who identifies as cake gender feels light, fluffy, and sweet, in contrast to someone who is described as masculine, feminine, or androgynous. This is what happens when you reject the Bible's teachings on absolute truth. You get chaos in the culture. That's why an Alabama man married his MacBook computer. That's why so-called echo-sexuals are making out with trees and potted plants. And that's why a person on TikTok literally identifies as a cupcake. We don't have a diversity problem in America. We have a mental health crisis. You can read Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation at my website. It'll help you understand the chaos in the culture. Culture Jihad at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Ten people were killed, three others injured by a gunman at a Buffalo grocery store. FBI agents searching the suspect's home and interviewing his parents. Police say 18-year-old Peyton Gendron posted a white supremacist manifesto days before the shooting. The DOJ investigating the attack is a hate crime and racially motivated extremism. Gendron underwent a mental evaluation after making similar threats last year. Buffalo police also releasing the names of all 10 victims. Among them, a retired police officer who was working as a security guard at the store. Aaron Salter Jr. hailed as a hero for attempting to stop the Buffalo shooter. Sources are telling us that he was in town for at least 24 hours before this rampage trying to scope out the neighborhood and they believe he chose this grocery store behind me because it's an important part of the black community. That rampage taking place Saturday afternoon at this Topps grocery on the city's east side here in Buffalo, New York. Following a plan he closely detailed in a nearly 200 page document posted online, Investigators say of the 13 people shot, 11 were black. Gendron is now charged with first-degree murder here. Officers say he was armed with an assault rifle and dressed in tactical gear from head to toe. He also used a helmet camera to live stream the deadliest mass shooting in Buffalo's history.
All right, Sandy Rios with you this morning. And of course, that's what happened over the weekend. But that's not all that happened over the weekend. I'm sure you've heard a lot about that shooting in Buffalo. And as you know, we don't generally spend a lot of time on the details of this shooting because you hear about it pillar to post and other news sources. But it has to be said that we had two other sets of shootings, California and a church, a Presbyterian church in Laguna Woods. One person killed, four others shot. I think it was an Asian man who went inside. We know nothing more about it. At least we didn't when I went on the air this morning. And then yesterday at a Houston flea market, there was a shooting that left two people dead. Look, I think the thing that I just want to say about all of that is that we are descending into some sort of murderous chaos. There's no question about it. And we know that as the summer uh, comes on, we're going to have trouble in the streets. We are just going to have trouble. So we have to prepare ourselves spiritually for this and keep the broad view, the long view, the eternal view of the events of this world. But also, there are practical things we can do. And what I'm choosing to focus on, certainly right now, are these primaries. Because what we must have is good people in office who can actually legislate and make sure that we get good candidates who will actually observe the laws on the books and create order and appoint good prosecutors. And if we don't do that, then we are, just practically speaking, we are we are doomed to have chaos in the streets and more uh, violence. And so I am talking about these primaries that are coming up, as I told you, uh, tomorrow, North Carolina, Kentucky, Oregon, Pennsylvania. We just talked to Kathy Barnett in Pennsylvania. That's an incredible race, uh, the Senate race there in Idaho. I'll talk about those races in more detail later, but uh, one of my favorite people is with us this morning. It's Ken Cuccinelli. Ken is right now the... I never can keep track because he's been a lot of things. Attorney General of uh, Virginia in the past also worked with the Trump administration, Customs and Border Patrol. He was the head of that. Uh, But he's now the national chairman of the Election Transparency Initiative. And uh, it's an interesting thing they're doing. And I I want Ken and I to talk about this so you'll know. Ken, good morning. Morning, Sandy. All right, so you guys have been busy, uh, you know, cleaning up election transparencies everywhere with the, the movie that Dinesh just came out with and all kinds of news. It's just not going away. So tell us what piece of this you guys are applying your resources and time to. So first of all, I'm grateful that it isn't going away. I mean, I can tell you as a former state legislator before I was attorney general, it was hard to get legislators' attention on this issue. Well, it's not hard right now, at least on the Republican side. The Democrats, and you and I talked about it, to take over elections in Washington. And we successfully beat that back. It was a coalition of people on the right working together um, for the better part of a year. And so it's left in the states where it belongs. And just by way of example of the progress we're making, about a third of the states have now banned or severely restricted Zuckerbucks. Now, I wish it was all of them, but it takes years to get election reform through Sandy because it's, it is a pretty complicated subject. If you remember Bush v. Gore, and I'm sure you do, Florida, <laughs> was, uh, Florida was mortified. I mean, they were held up in front of the world as an utterly incompetent system from start to finish. And it took them several years, three to five years, I would say, of legislating and, frankly, firing some people who needed to be fired um, to really improve. So it's a year-in, year-out project. And we're in the second year of it at the Election Transparency Initiative, but it's the first major election year. 
And so we're going to commit over $2 million to getting into state races, things like state legislators where the election issue is a key difference. Typically, Republican parties with Democrats yet. Hey, Ken, um, hold, hang on but, just a second. Yeah. Just your, 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 if your phone is cutting out, like if you, if you can wiggle around wherever you are, uh, it's cutting out <laughs> just a couple of words here and there. <laughs> Whatever it All takes. Right, let me uh, <laughs> let me get off. Oh, he got off. Too far. Now we've lost you. There we go. There you go. That's it. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. So back up. You said this is the second year. No more headgear. <laughs> now you're, <laughs> you're attacking states. All right, we got that part. This is the second year, and now you're going after state offices. Explain well, it's, now. it's the first major election year, So, and, and there have been differences that have shown up in people's commitment to this issue. And a lot of them are coming up in primaries. The biggest swath of them are coming up in August. You note there's a bunch of them tomorrow. The yes. Idaho Secretary of State race will be interesting. Uh, there's two um, what I would call conservative candidates, and then there's one other, Phil McGrain, who took Zuckerbucks. He regrets it now, so that's good. But he's also from other things that are unsecure about voting, like mobile polling places and ranked choice voting, which has turned out to be a disaster when it's used. So we're we're hoping there isn't a conservative split that just allows him through, but um, but we're looking ahead to Montana judicial race June seventh, and uh, Montana has a really unusually liberal Supreme Court given the state, and uh, there's an opportunity to start to affect that in the right direction, and then there's a whole lineup of them in August, Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin. The list goes on, and uh, and actually we have Georgia coming up as well. So th there's going to be lots of opportunities for us to weigh in. And one of the advantages for a group like us, I mean, as you know, Sandy, we work with the base of the Susan B. Anthony list, the biggest pro-life group out there. It's had some great news lately, or at least prospective news, if the Dobbs opinion holds, yes, and, um, and the American Principles Project. So... We know how to do this, and um, we're going to focus on a few races so we can bring a big impact, six-figure impact into any race we get into. And um, and it's the first time that's ever happened. I would also so, note, if no, I could ahead. add one more thing real quick, yeah, there's sure. a huge coalition, FRC Action, Concerned Women for America, Tea Party Patriots, Citizens United, the list goes on. And we've all gotten together, and we're we're doing questionnaires and pledges on this subject which has also never happened before. And I don't really remember Broad Coalition coming together and doing one product, one questionnaire like this. And your listeners can go to our website, electiontransparency.org, and grab that and literally hand it over to their candidates and uh, have them fill it out. We, and we'll post them. We're going to do it by state so everybody can see what the answers are to people running in these state races. So basically, you're asking them, like, for instance, you're saying, are you in favor of uh, election transparency? That's pretty general. But what, what else would you ask them? Well, see, that, that's just it. it. Elections are a lot more complicated. Like I said with Bush v. Gore, there's a lot of issues. There's photo ID. There's photo ID for mail-in ballots. There's do you send out unsolicited mail-in ballots. It's, and there's ranked choice voting. There's a, and the list goes on. Drop boxes. Um, security, transparency, they all, they all have their own elements. And so the, the questionnaire is several pages long. 
Um, it okay. isn't like the tax pledge. Are you for tax? <laughs> are you against tax increases? Or are you for them? You know, yeah. that that's very binary. It's very simple. This is a lot more complicated. All right. So the, the practical use of this is, if I'm understanding you correctly, in key races, you actually are going to bring uh, to the public view in ways, I don't know, ads or whatever you're going to do, uh, that, that these candidates aren't bad on this questionnaire. Certain candidates, but yeah, you can't do all of them. That's exactly but right. But the information's can't available in case, yeah, if people want them. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Now, are you, had, did you get this out in time to have it affect Pennsylvania tomorrow? No, in Pennsylvania, had, well, yes, we did. But we, we had some internal debate about which races and remember, we're talking state races, not the not the uh, not the Senate race, U.S. Senate, okay. not the okay. not the governor's race. We're at the legislator level, and um, they've had it both ways. A few years back, they had Act seventy seven, which was frankly unconstitutional, and there's being argued right now, decided in their Supreme Court about how they do their absentee balloting, and a lot of Republicans voted for that. They they made a deal to get rid of ticket voting. And um, and those same legislators, so that was bad, those same legislators turned around and were fighting pretty hard in the last year and a half to reform their own election laws. So you got some good and bad going on in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, it's, it's made it a lot more difficult environment. It's a lot less clean, if you will, and we don't want to just jump down somebody's throat um, if they made the same mistake 100% of everybody else made, then there's no difference in the race. Yeah, um, I get we, do, we are curious if they acknowledge it as a mistake. If, absolutely. All right, so on the Secretary of State races, uh, Ken, I don't know what year it was, if it was four years ago, six years ago, would the, there was a concerted effort to go after Secretaries of State. While we were sleeping, I don't know if it was Soros money, I kind of think it was, as I recall, Oh, they were going after yes, that office. Okay, explain. It was, and it goes back even farther than that, Sandy. It goes back 15 years. Um, mm. The most infamous one is Minnesota, where the Secretary of State started just changing rulings and effectively the law to make sure Norm Coleman lost the Senate race oh, wow. to Al Franken. You remember that one? Of course I did. What, was, nine uh, votes or something? <laughs> some, something, well, more importantly, they literally changed the law. Um, on the fly, and um, and got away with it because they had the decider, the Secretary of State. And George Soros has focused on funding these offices for 15, 20 years. And we've only just kind of arrived at the party, if you will. Um, now he's moved on to local prosecutors. And so you see these, they're called Soros prosecutors, and you've talked about them on your radio show. And Things in San Francisco, L.A., we've got it in Northern Virginia. Chicago. Where the <laughs> Chicago, right. Well, yeah. you know, the most recent news after the Dobbs opinion, you've got these justices' houses being protested. I got news for you. That's illegal. That's not legal under Virginia law. But it's, I mean, it's automatic intimidation. That's what its purpose is, right? And there's federal laws against it. But we've got a where those justices live in Virginia we have a Soros prosecutor. So the police are doing a good job of keeping things peaceful there, but the fact that those folks are there at all is illegal. And um, and they should be making arrests. But they've got Why a Soros prosecutor oh, who isn't going to isn't going to prosecute them. You know, and I the just Virginia realized... Attorney General doesn't have jurisdiction to step in and uh, overrule that person. 
You know, I just read this in passing this morning, so I'm not an expert, but I read the headline that a bullet pierced the window of the Virg- the sitting Virginia Attorney General's office. Yeah, Someone tried right. to kill. Do, do we know? Did they try to kill him? Do you know much of anything about that, Ken? No details. Um, it, it was. It was. It certainly was shot at the executive floor. Um, so, it, which makes it seem less random. But uh, but no no one's been grabbed for that. And uh, as far as I I'm, I know, they're investigating it, but I don't know that they've made any progress on it. Okay, so just to go back and make sure, because people want to know this, uh, in Virginia, you think the reason the governor can't do anything to stop these protests and these th- these illegal uh, protests out of in front of the uh, well, Supreme Court? Well, the governor system. the governor can do one thing, and he has he's poned up on it, and that is uh, send the state police. He's offered to do that, but the truth of the matter is, the Fairfax County Police Department by my observation, has done a good job out in front of these houses. The problem isn't the police. The problem is the next level. It's the prosecutor. Okay. And, um, you know, making arrests when you have a Soros prosecutor and they're just going to get released uh, puts the police in a very difficult position. So. Well, you know that I, I'm glad we I'm glad you I'm glad we talked about this because that's another important issue not related to our topic right now. But that I think people want to know that people in Virginia surely want to know, and the rest of the country too, because we were excited about this governor, and um, this this explains some things. Well, Ken, on this election transparency initi- transparency initiative, so what we want to tell people is to go there to find these questionnaires. and. The questionnaires and pledges is is a tab right at the top of the page. It'll take you right there. Okay. And, uh, and that, we'd like everybody's help distributing these things. Yeah, and the point is, again, ladies and gentlemen, this is your state offices. These are your state reps and your state, uh, your secretary of state for sure. Uh, how do they right. feel about election transfer? Are they willing? Are they going to do something about it? Because if they're not, you should be concerned, and I know that you are. And this is really probably as, and as important an issue as any that we're facing in this upcoming election. Ken Cuccinelli, National Chairman of the Election Transparency Initiative. Ken, thanks so much. Again, always, and I hope to talk to you soon. Good to be with you, Sandy. Have a great week. Okay, you too. All right, Sandy Rios. In the morning, coming up next, Mo Brooks, who's uh, running a really neck-and-neck race in Alabama. Their their primary is coming up a week from tomorrow, but we want to talk to him, Congressman Mo Brooks. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Is your success in life being stolen? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. Unbelief is involved in every single sin. Why did Eve eat the forbidden fruit? Because she believed the devil's lie rather than God's truth. Hey, if you don't believe God, you'll never be a success. Learn what real success can be like. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart each weeknight at 6 Central here on American Family Radio. Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. Slanderers, haters of God, 
insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As the possible end of Roe draws nigh, several states are doing their level best to enshrine themselves as the most faithful adherents to the murderous abortion death cult. Senate Bill 669 in Maryland, also known as the Pregnant Persons Freedom Act, could allow babies to be murdered 28 days after birth, should the bill pass. California Assembly Bill 2223 could also legalize infanticide for weeks, months, or even years after a child is born, should it pass. These pieces of legislation reveal the utter barbarity that consumes the hearts of some in our nation. This is evil. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in health care sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and Find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE, 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is arguably the most powerful, wholly unaccountable person on earth. He's using his firm's trillions of dollars under management to impose his radical agenda on American businesses and investors. A shocking webinar revealed that Frank is also leading a renewed effort to get our military and other government employees unwittingly to invest their retirement savings in companies owned or controlled by our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. The effect will be endangering their investments in potentially fraudulent Chinese firms, enabling the CCP to become a more dangerous threat and creating potentially security-compromising conflicts of interests for those in uniform and civilian federal workers. This arrangement may further enrich Larry Fink and others prepared to betray our country on Wall Street, but it must not be legitimated and instituted by our government's thrift savings plan. Watch the webinar at presentdangerchina.org. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. A recent statewide poll conducted for the Alabama Forestry Association shows Katie Britt polling at about 39 percent. Her nearest opponent, Mike Durant, polls roughly 10 points behind her and Representative Mo Brooks polls five points below Durant. The poll shows Britt with a substantial lead, but the survey was conducted for an organization that has endorsed Britt's candidacy. News 19 political analyst Jess Brown believes the race remains competitive. He told News 19, quote, All three candidates now have substantial name ID, but they apparently have weak support. So an attack ad against a candidate moves the support level among the contestants a few points, end quote. 
Up to this point in the election, political action committees have spent millions of dollars supporting and opposing the three GOP candidates. More than $2 million have been spent by outside groups in support of each candidate. Durant has the highest total at nearly $3 million. According to campaign finance watchdog OpenSecrets.org, groups opposing Durant have spent $2.4 million. Brooks has faced even more opposition. Conservative super PAC Alabama's Future has spent more than $3.5 million to campaign against Brooks. Alabama's Future opposes Brooks and has donated to the BRIC campaign. Mo Brooks said Trump's immigration position was worse than Obama's. We can't trust Mo Brooks. The Club for Growth Action has spent $2.6 million opposing Brit and has also donated to the Brooks campaign. Like Donald Trump Jr. said, Katie Britt is the Alabama Liz Cheney. Given the expected impact of negative ads, expect to see plenty more between now and Election Day. Reporting in Huntsville, Kayla Smith, News 19. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Boy, does that take me back. It takes me back to the chicanery that took place when Justice Roy Moore was running for Senate there last time. Boy, they have really, somebody has figured out the formula in Alabama about how to take a Senate seat from people who are conservative, for the most part Christian, uh, and need a good senator to steal it from them almost every time. And I think that's probably what you're watching uh, unfold here. Congressman Mo Brooks is with us this morning. Congressman Brooks, of course, is still in the House. Uh, he's with the Freedom Caucus. I, when I think of Congressman Brooks, I think of two major events, and I don't want to get sidetracked with this, but I uh, remember that he was at the baseball field uh, when the shooter came to kill Republicans who were practicing for that uh, football, uh, that baseball game that's, uh, that they do every year. Um, at least they used to do it before COVID. Uh, so he was there in that major story. He was also speaking in the Capitol on J6 on behalf of President Trump and election integrity. So two major events in the last few years. He was there. He has been a stalwart. Let me just tell you, Mo Brooks is, have, has been rated as the best conservative in Alabama's congressional delegation. He has an A record for the NRA, National Rifle Association, Gun Owners of America, Numbers USA, National Right to Life, very highly rated by the National Taxpayers Union, Heritage Action, endorsed by Club for Growth, Freedom Works, Eagle Forum, Senate Conservatives Fund, uh, and, and many more. And so um, I want to know, Mo Brooks, Congressman Brooks, where, where are the polls? I don't think that was an accurate report, was it? Well, it's just the one from the Alabama Forestry Association. They have a history of being biased in favor of whoever they're supporting and also being badly inaccurate. Uh, the most recent polls uh, have it a very, very tight race where Katie Britt has about a three or four point lead over me and I have about a three or four point lead over Mike Durant with 20 plus percent still undecided. All right, let's talk about these candidates. Let me just say a few things about what my perspective is. And then you're there on the ground doing living this. So you know more than I do. But Katie Britt was uh, working with uh, Senator Shelby. She was in his office and she is buying far and away, the McConnell establishment pick. They're going all in for Katie Britt. And I'm going to have you tell us, well, in fact, let's just stop right now. Tell us what we need to know about Katie Britt. Well, since you mentioned her role in Richard Shelby's office, we should also emphasize that she and Richard Shelby combined to help elect pro-abortion, pro-open borders, uh, pro-Obamacare, uh, liberal Democrat Doug Jones to the United States Senate here in Ruby Red, Alabama, back in December of 2017. That's a really big deal. She wants to be our Republican standard bearer for the United States Senate, yet 
when she could have helped us repeal Obamacare, when she could have helped us protect life, when she could have given us one more vote to not impeach uh, Donald Trump. Katie Britt wasn't with us. She was on the opposite team. Yep, that's that's the truth. And McConnell, anytime McConnell has his hand on some candidate, my uh, I just don't I don't trust. And I see this all over. There is a pattern uh, because um, I'm I, look. I'm assuming something. Should I assume, Congressman, that you are would not be supporting McConnell for leader if you get elected to the Senate? That is my uh, public position. I've stated it many different times. And I should emphasize that, in contrast, Mitch McConnell has spent and or raised many millions of dollars on behalf of Katie Britt. So if you want a Mitch McConnell person in the United States Senate, Katie Britt is clearly your choice. So then Mike Durant is the other person who's, uh, well, you all are close. So you can't really, you know, he looks to be in third place right now. Uh, but um, he's backed by the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project, who hate Trump, who really, I think many of them have actually changed parties. That's what's really strange about this. Uh, I think he's a very wealthy uh, businessman. He's self-funded, as I understand, at least in part. Uh, and uh, he has, again, the backing of the Lincoln Project. That's troubling. What can you tell us about Mike Durant that, we, that I haven't said? Well, Mike Durant is a newbie to politics. He's never been involved in uh, public office before. For that matter, he doesn't vote much. Uh, he has not voted in a Republican primary or a Republican runoff or a legislative race or a governor's race in the last 13 years, according to Alabama Secretary of State records. Uh, having, he's missed uh, 15 of the last 18 statewide elections. Now, Sandy, you're a conservative. I'm a conservative. We vote religiously because we want our conservative values reflected in the offices that we get to vote on. Apparently, uh, Mike Durant's absenteeism on voting suggests that he just doesn't have the commitment to the conservative values that you and I do. So what's he claiming? What does he say about himself? Is he, does he say he's the, what does he say? Is he, uh, does he say he supports Trump? Does he say he's a MAGA candidate? <laughs> well, everybody is saying they support Trump and they're MAGA candidates. The question is whether the voters are going to get past the campaign rhetoric and look at past performance. Uh, if that's the contrast point, uh, we ought to win hands down. Uh, I publicly supported Donald Trump in 2016. I wrote a $2,500 check to help Donald Trump win the state of Florida in 2016. Uh, neither Mike Durant nor Katie Britt, as best I can ascertain, lifted a finger, not even the pinky, to help uh, Donald Trump win and beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, no evidence of any campaign contributions by either one of them. Uh, no evidence of any public statements by either one of them that they supported Donald Trump in 2016. In 2020, I was Donald Trump's campaign co-chairman for the state of Alabama. Again, as best I can ascertain, both Mike Durant and Katie Britt were AWOL. Now that they are running for public office and the Trump endorsement and the Trump ador uh, support uh, means something, they are both claiming that they're best buddies forever for Donald Trump. But there's no evidence to support that that I am aware of. You know, that's what's so distressing about President Trump's endorsements. And I, that's why I tell people, they look, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And you can't just take his recommendations at face value. You've got to look for other groups to see who are, like just I just laid out who's behind you, Mo. It's all the people, all the people that uh, most conservatives look to, whether it's Eagle Forum or Freedom Works or Club for Growth or Heritage. You know, those are national taxpayers 
uh, Gun Owners of America, the NRA, Numbers USA, National Right to Life. Those are the organizations that people look to for their their clues. They don't look to Lincoln Project. Well, don't they certainly don't. You. I, You're in there too, yes. Sandy. Thank you so uh, yeah. much for for your support. That's yes, and that, yes, yeah. I have to say that I have to do that as a private citizen, not as a host of this show or as a, a representative of AFA. Yeah, but I've privately, yes, I have endorsed you for sure. Uh, so, um, all right, let's talk about this Alabama Alabama's future future growth. That organization that spent so much money coming after you. Who's behind that? Do you know? Mitch McConnell, Richard Shelby, uh, special interest groups that won't open borders and cheap foreign labor, uh, all the usual left-wing rhino suspects, uh, the debt junkie types, special interest generally, but I do want to emphasize that amongst the special interest groups, those that won't open borders and cheap foreign labor, who don't want to pay a living wage to American citizens, they are all opposed to me, and they're all endorsing Katie Britt. Yep. Yes, and she has a she has a record. She's not an unknown, and we know just as you said, it is documented that she and Shelby helped Doug Jones. I remember that so well because Judge Moore was just devastated. They they just they did a number on him, which which brings me to this: uh, this Alabama's future growth <laughs> reminds me of the organization and all the nefarious titles and the fake groups that were set up in Alabama to uh, to slander Justice Moore. Have they tried to do that to you? Oh, they lie about my record on a regular basis. By way of example, right before you had me on, there was a little bit uh, about um, one of the attack ads against me that's put on by Katie Britt's team. Uh, That attack ad claimed that I was weak on border security, she's strong on border security, and I was highly critical of Donald Trump's uh, border security plan. What she doesn't tell anybody is I've had a straight A-plus record by Numbers USA being tough on border security better than any other congressman in the United States Congress. She doesn't tell you that. And what she also doesn't tell you is, yeah, I was highly critical of Donald Trump's border security plan, the trial balloon one he floated in the summer of 2015, not the one that we coalesced on once he was sworn into office in January of 2017, a year and a half later. And you may remember the progression of Donald Trump's border security plan. First, it was kick out all the illegal aliens. I'm going, yeah, this is my guy. Second was build a great big wall for border security. Well, yeah, this is my guy. Then the uh, Donald Trump caught some flack from the bleeding hearts about uh, removing all the illegal aliens from America. And so the third iteration, the third part of this plan was to, well, I can, I'm going to build a great big wall, but you know what? I can build a beautiful big door in that wall and let them all back in legally. And I'm going, wait a second. <laughs> why, why spend tens of billions of dollars building a wall, tens of billions of dollars, deporting illegal aliens if we're going to let them all back in legally. That's still costing American workers their jobs and suppressing their wages and income. So myself, Senator Jeff Sessions, a number of other border security experts, we were able to work with the White House once Donald Trump was in there, and he came out with a really good border security plan. He did did our wisdom, and I was 100% in support of that plan when he was president of the United States. So this was a victory for border security, yet... Katie Britt and her team try to portray it as a bad thing for uh, America and a disagreement with Donald Trump. Well, it was a disagreement with his original trial balloon that I think most Americans would agree if you're going to let them all back in legally, that's not what we want. We don't want to spend many, many tens of billions of dollars uh, to, to have no substantive positive effect on Americans' families that are struggling to make ends meet. Yep. So that's an example of the kind of distortion that the other side engages. Let me just... Uh say 
that number, Numbers USA is really the gold standard for approval on immigration. They are the hardliners. They're good friends of mine. And if they give uh, someone approval, it means it means something. They're serious about this. And so um, what is the mood like in Alabama? Are, are voters energized? What do you sense is happening there? Well, voters are starting to pay uh, more and more attention to this election. Uh, our campaign is on the upswing. Um, we've gained over 10 points in the polls over the last uh, six to eight weeks. Uh, Mike Durant, he got torpedoed with a bunch of dishonest, um, prejudicial attack ads launched by the Katie Britt team, and that hurt him considerably because his reputation has not yet been solidified. And Katie Britt, she is getting a lot of money from the special interest groups, from the rhino groups, from the debt junkie groups, uh, from the establishment wing of the party, and she's using that to maximum effect. But basically, the, the test is going to be this, folks. Are you all going to be conned by what she says or going to look at her record? I'll give you one example. Uh, and this one, I think, is just a killer. No one can be a conservative with this kind of record. Katie Britt has publicly supported more tax increases than any other Republican in the history of the state of Alabama. Think about that. Contrast it with my record. I'm one of the best tax increase fighters that Alabama has ever seen. When I was in the legislature, I was ranked number one out of 140 legislators in the fight against higher taxes. When we had this huge referendum, massive tax increase, I led the fight against it and uh, participate in the statewide televised debate, explaining why, no, we don't need this huge tax increase, and we won by a two-to-one margin over a Republican governor's proposal. Yeah, all right. We, we, the music is playing. So how can people help you 24 hours before this election? How can they help? Well, the election is eight days away. Please. Oh, uh, that's your right. Yours is a week from get, That's right. I forgot about that. Next right. week. Get <laughs> the message out. Go to my website, mobrooks.com. We'd love your help if you love America. Okay, very good, Congressman Brooks. It's nice to talk to you. We wish you all the best, and we'll talk to you again before this is over. <laughs> thank you for joining us. All right, the, thank you for listening, all of you. It is good back to be back in the saddle, and I'll have more to say on a personal nature <laughs> when we have less happening in this country. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.